So, as Sam's already said, we, we're, we're in the midst of our series at the moment, looking at what, what does it look like to be God's light in this season at the moment that we're in as a nation, we're in this cost of living crisis. And we've titled the, se- uh, the series Changed, because we're looking for changed churches, changed lives, and changed communities. And by the grace of God, I know I am very weak, and I know many of us here would class ourselves as very weak, and that's a good thing, because it says in Scripture that God's power rests on those that are weak, on those that say, actually, I'm weak. God's power rests on them in order for his kingdom to come and his change to come. Okay, so Paul actually in Scripture says, I boast in my weakness, I'll boast in them even more, so that Christ's power will rest on me. Okay, and actually... For, I, just want, I just want that to be our starting point. That actually, it's really important that we're aware that we can't bring change in ourselves. We, there's, there's only so much that we can do in our community by ourselves. And actually, even that is all stuff that God's given us in the first place. It's all down to God and down to His grace. But God wants to partner with us and He wants to work through us and He wants His kingdom to come. I loved singing that song earlier on where we were talking about just. The mercy of God bringing all these different things, bringing freedom, bringing breakthrough, bringing life in all different areas. And actually, part of the scripture that we look at in Micah 6 8 talks about and to love kindness, or also translated to love mercy. Actually, what we're looking at here is God's kingdom coming on earth, undoing the brokenness and bringing life. So, in our all in services, we've been focusing on Micah 6.8, and as Sam said earlier, we already listened to a song about that this morning. But if you can all open your Bibles, if you've got them with you, if you could turn to Micah 6.8, that'd be lovely. So it should appear on the screen as well. So as you're turning, I'm not, I'm not going to reset the context for this passage. We've heard it kind of a couple of times already. So... Um, if you want that, particularly go back to week one or Sam talking on justice, okay? Um, what I would like us to do is to all read this out together, okay? Huh? huh? Pardon? Huh? 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 Okay, ready? So, he has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Let's read it one more time. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So there's a couple of specific points that I want to draw out before I get on to looking at what it means to walk humbly with God. So if we look at the first line, it says, He has told you, O man, what is good. Being from a Western culture, a Western background, we're very good at taking scripture and applying it to ourselves individually. Uh, and one of the limitations of our language is we just use the, we only have the word you, whether it means singular or plural. So actually, sometimes when we're looking at the Bible, we can miss out on the fact that this is something for all of us. So the first thing I want to say is, he has told you, oh man, what is good. That is a corporate thing. 
Okay, there, there are things that we need to respond to individually, but actually what, what, what God is saying to us is this is something that, that is to reflect all of us. Okay, God is speaking to all of us. And actually it's something that in our response to what God is saying, we need to not only be thinking, what does this mean for me? But we need to be thinking, what does this mean for us as a community? So he's told us also what is good. So actually, not only is God speaking to us together, but it's actually for our good. It's actually for our good. And actually, if we don't respond to what's saying, we're not going to actually live in the good of what God is saying to us. Secondly, God requires something of us. And Sam's brought that out quite a lot uh, over the weeks that we've already looked at this. But just, just listening, it's, it's not enough, okay? It's, it's not enough. We see in Scripture, don't we, that the man who builds his house upon the rock so that when storms come, the house stands, is the man that hears and obeys the word of God. Hears and puts it into practice. But the one who hears, but then doesn't do anything because of it, is build, building a house on sand. And when the storms of life come, the house crumbles and falls. And I just really feel like God would just, just encourage us and prod us. What, what action are we taking when he's speaking to us? Are we taking things? Are we responding? Because the danger is that we hear something on a Sunday morning, we apply it to our lives, or at least we think we're going to apply it, we're like, okay, okay, yeah, God's really speaking to me. And then a few days later, this is particularly challenging to me on a school one, when someone says, oh, how was your weekend? I'm like, oh, this, 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 I went to church. Oh, how was church? It was really good. What did you do? Oh, uh, yeah, I um, can't remember. <laughs> Obviously then, in that moment, I'm not really living with what God spoke to me on the Sunday. But this doesn't just mean actually from Sundays. Because God speaks to us in many different ways, in many different things. And actually, I just start with a question. What has God been speaking to you about recently? What, what, what's the main thing, above all, that God is, is talking to you about? And what steps are you taking to respond to that? So that might be something specific from this series. It might be something else out of this context. But, but God doesn't work on everything in all of us at once. Okay, but, but there will be something specifically, if we're listening, that God is speaking to us for our good, but that we need to respond to. So what does the Lord require of us? So Sam really helpfully unpacked for us in week one what it was to do justice. In the second week that we looked at this passage, he unpacked for us what it is to love kindness, to love mercy. Both of these are very practical things, very outward-looking things of serving the people and the community around us. The third thing that we're looking at today, our focus, is to, to walk humbly with your God, to walk humbly with our God. What does that phrase bring to mind? If I was to say to you, what does it mean to walk humbly with God? What kind of thing would come to your mind? When I was thinking about this, the first thing for me was actually it highlighted comfort. The God of the universe wants to walk with me. He wants to talk with me. He wants to be there with me. But more than that, the God of the universe wants to walk with us. 
Because it's not just me. It's not God saying, I want to walk with you, Pete. God is saying, I want to walk with all my people together. So there's the individual side, but there's also the corporate side. Hugh, could you put up the picture of Molly, please? So children, you're all busy doing aeroplanes. But briefly, if you look at the screen, do you remember that a while ago, we made bubbles come around you? Really big bubbles. Can anyone remember why? No. <laughs> I think Ezra could. Ezra's not here this morning, sadly he's unwell. But we talk about it quite a lot. But the reason we did this was to show that God is with us wherever we go. Even though, and he's all around you, and though you can't actually maybe see him, he's with you wherever you go. And that's been a really helpful touch point for me and Ezra, actually, over, over the last year and a half or so, of just actually being able to, any time he's scared or worried, being, what, one thing that's been putting on my heart in terms of discipling him is what am I discipling him in, into? And so actually, what I need to be doing is pointing him to Jesus. So one scripture that God's been speaking to me a lot about recently is, do not fear, for I am with you. Okay? And Ezra can get nervous and fearful quite often. And so I've been speaking to him about that. What, what does it mean that God is with you? So this has been a very helpful illustration, pulling back that God, God is always with you. Okay? Because the reality is, is, you can know that truth, but unless you have revelation of that truth, unless you think in line with that truth, it will make no difference to how you process the situation. If you're thinking in line with the fact that God is with me here now, he's encompassing me like a bubble, he's surrounding me, if you're seeing with that perspective, and you know that the God of the universe, the God who's made everything, the God who has formed you and promises to help you is here with you, that fear starts to melt away. But if you just know God is here with me, but you're not thinking in line with that, the fear won't move. So God is with us wherever we go. But this passage takes that a step further, doesn't it? Because it doesn't just say God is with you wherever you go. God's saying, I want you to walk humbly with me. Okay? And it's not just saying in one, on a Sunday morning. It's not just saying in one bit of life. But he's saying, God is saying, I want you together, everyone here, to walk humbly with me. So if you were to, so children, if you were to go on a walk with your mum or daddy, for, or for us adults, if you were to go on a walk with a friend or it could still be with a parent, what do you do when you're walking? What was that? Talk. talk. Yeah, talk. We talk to one another, don't we? We enjoy each other's company. We have fun together. For children, what happens when you get hungry and you're on a walk? <laughs> what happens if you're, if you're walking with your, with your mummy, Eva, on a walk? You get miserable. Do you do anything about that? Do you maybe ask for something if you're hungry? You beg. You beg. <laughs> I know from my own children, that as soon as they're hungry and we're out together or whatever, they, they come to me with expectation that I will have a snack. They come to me with expectation that if they come to me, I will feed them. I'll have something for them in the moment. 
I can tell you as well, if you're, if you're on a walk with another adult and you're with the right adult, if you get hungry, they give you a snack as well. It's really good. What happens if you come across an obstacle? Okay, so I'm sure there's probably more straightforward illustrations, but say you're walking on a path and a tree's fallen down over the path and you can't get over it. Would you just struggle if you can't get over it on your own? Or maybe you might ask the person with you and say, can you help me get over it? We can do this together. Can you help me get over this? I can't do it on my own. There's a wall that Molly loves to walk along as we're coming home from school. And she can't, she, sometimes she stands there ages trying to struggle to get onto this wall. And eventually she'll say, oh, Dad, Daddy, can you help me get on the wall? So I lift her on the wall and she can walk along the wall. But she couldn't have done it without my help. So we reach out, don't we, to the person with us when we're walking with someone. We, 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 we commune with them, we talk, it's natural, we have fun, but also when there's hurdles or things, we, 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 we reach out to them, don't we? Particularly when we know that they can provide for us what is needed in a situation. You know, it says, doesn't it, that the Holy Spirit is our helper. And as Christians, the Holy Spirit comes and makes his home in us. The Holy Spirit is always with us. We're told in Scripture to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. So when we're walking through everyday life, are we talking to the Holy Spirit? Are we talking to the Holy Spirit? Are we, are we, when we come up against something where, where it's making us feel sad, what, what do my children do when they get sad? They run to me or if mummy's there to mummy, for a cuddle. Okay? What, what do we do when we get sad? What do we do when we come across a hurdle and we can't get over it? Do we try and fix it on our own, or is our first port of call turning to the one who we know can fix it? Turning to the one we know is our helper and wants to provide. And the wonderful thing is, God loves to help us, and he loves to provide. But more than that, he also loves to use us to help those around us. So when we're coming across other people that need help, other people that are hungry, other people that are hurt, other people that are in pain, other people that need help with something, God wants to use us. He wants us as we're walking with him to, to, to show him to them. He wants people to encounter him and his truth and his love, his mercy, his justice, his kindness through us. But that only happens if we're walking with him and if we're listening to him. Don't put up the next photo. Thank you. Sometimes, as a parent, walking with our children, it can be a little bit frustrating. Sometimes we're not happy with the pace. Sometimes we need to to, to, we just want to push them, push them on too fast. God is not like that. That's good. God isn't like that. He is patient. Yeah. He is kind. He is loving. And do you know what? Actually, if there are things that take our interest along the way, as long as they're not bad for us, God enjoys that. God, God's given us all different interests. God's given us all different things, different things to engage with and enjoy. 
I mean, like, if we stopped for my creation, I think I was pretty pleased at that. Because he made it in the first place for his glory. So I think particularly walking, thinking about picture of walking with your mummy or with your daddy can be really helpful when we're thinking about what's it like to walk humbly with God. Because it's showing there's a dependence there, isn't it? There's dependence. But they have the faith to ask for it. They have the faith to say, I'm hungry. And do you know what? They say, you haven't got a snack. Give me one still. They're, they're like, no, they, you might tell me you've not got one. I'm pretty sure you've got one. They just keep pushing. It's like, how much more will our Heavenly Father have all that we need? Well, he tells us to pray, ask for our daily bread. Are we asking him for our daily bread? Like I said, this is not just for us, it's not just for us individually or corporately, but it's for us as well in the world around us, loving those around us. I've shared this before, um, but I'll share it again because I think it's quite helpful. I remember once Ezra saw that Maggie, she's one of the ladies that comes to our church, had her arm in a cast. And his response was, that's not right. Can, can I go pray for her? And pray for, Who was he asking to do the healing? He was asking God. He knew all things are possible for God. He knew that God can come and show Maggie love, that God can come and bring healing to her. And so he went and prayed for her. It's a model of walking humbly. It's saying, I see a need over there but I know the person that can fix it. So I'm going to come and be the go-between. A while ago at church, we prayed for healing for people. We spent a a specific time doing worship, pushing into that. And part of that was we gave, I've shared this before as well, we, we gave for children plasters. And we said, write on the plaster either a name of someone you want to see healed or something that's wrong with someone. Ezra is someone that always tells me you can never hear from God. And then Phil over at the back over there wasn't even here. Apparently he'd hurt his back the day before. None of us knew. And Ezra was like, I want to pray for Phil and he's his bad back. And when I touched face with Phil later on in the week, his back wasn't quite 100% better, but it was a lot better than it was. I mean, they're the kind of things we should celebrate, really, aren't they? Like, God is good. We're longing to see his kingdom come. We're longing to see prayers answered. And that's what God is, we, we ask and we shall receive. See, walking with God isn't to be forceful, but it's an invitation. And I have to say, for me, a lot of the time, walking with God, when God's speaking, is very rarely a really, really obvious 100%, this is what God is saying, I'm going to respond to that. Quite often it's a thought might pop into my head, like, so if it's someone with a bad back, back, and it will go. And I have to choose, okay, that God might be telling me that someone here has a bad back. Okay, and then so I have to decide what I do with that. Or someone might be struggling, like the other week in worship, I felt all of a sudden a weird tinge and something to do with a right foot. And I felt, I feel like God is here wants to heal someone with a bad right foot. Okay, sometimes I'll get that wrong, but if I never step out, I'll never know whether that's what God was saying or not. And actually, as we journey with God in these things, we learn to hear his voice more. Part of walking in humility with God is having a correct view of ourselves in relation to God 
and in relation to others. You see, humility is not looking down upon ourselves. It's not being unable to take compliments. But true humility is seeing ourselves as God sees us. I mean, that's what Jesus modeled for us, wasn't it? He walked in confidence that I am the Son of God, that God is my Father. And yet he still gave, he humbled himself and gave himself for us, serving us, giving his life for us. And the funny thing is, is we can almost be scared, can't we, because of false humility. We think humility is looking down on ourselves. So actually we can be scared when we look at, say, scriptures that say, we are precious in God's eyes. That we are the apple of his eye. I mean, for me to think I'm the apple of God's eye, if I'm to go around with that in my mindset, if that's the way I'm living life, that I'm the apple of God's eyes, that I'm precious in his sight, that I'm honoured, that I'm loved by him. If I'm living life from that perspective, you might think, oh, am I starting to get a bit big-headed? Because to be the apple of God's eye, wow, that's, that's amazing. It's so, such, a, such a big thing. Surely I'm not good enough to be the apple of God's eye. I tell you what, it's not about how good you are. It's how much God loves you and how, what he's formed you to be and how he's made you. When um, Jesus said, who do you say I am to his disciples? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says to Peter, Peter, or from now on you should be called Peter, which means little rock, and on this rock I will build my church. I think part of the meaning of that is God's building his church on the revelation of who Jesus is. So we need to know who Jesus is, but we also need to know who we are. Okay, that's part of that. And so part of our walk humbly with God is actually saying, God, reveal more to me of who you are, and reveal more to me of who I am in you. And as we get a bigger, clearer picture of who we are in God, do you know what? That doesn't lead to big-headedness. That doesn't lead to pride. It leads to worship. Because we recognise it's by his grace, it's by his Son what he's done for us, that every blessing in spiritual places has been given to us. So Jesus is our model. We are his disciples. Um... Sorry. Children, I don't know how you're getting on with your aeroplanes, but if you finished your aeroplanes, something that you could do, these weren't my feet that I drew around, they were Molly's feet, um, but you can write on a piece of paper, I walk with God, and then in the, sh- we're in the footprints, I've written things about who God is, like what Lou bought the other week in worship, God is big, he is strong, he is kind, he is love, he is helper. Because everywhere we go, everywhere we put our feet, the God who is those things is going with us. And he is always those things to us. He's always helper. He's always love. He's always kind. He's always full of mercy. And that's for us, but also gives us confidence that wherever we go, it's to be shared with others too. Hugh, could you put up Philippians 2 verse 8, please? If you're really feeling God's speech about humility and the vital importance of it, 
Go and read Philippians from the beginning of Philippians. There's not time this morning, but there's so much in it about what it means to walk humbly with God and what that looks like in an outworking of that. But I just want to pick up on something that, that we don't really talk about much in terms of with humility. And I've talked, I mentioned it briefly earlier. So it says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So Jesus humbled himself. So it's something that we have to do. We don't just say, God humble me. God, God, God does humble us. But also, so often in the Bible where it talks about walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling God has given you. It then says, clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself with gentleness. And goes on. So part of our journey in terms of humility is actually, are we clothing ourselves with humility? Jesus says elsewhere, I only do what I see my Father in heaven doing. Jesus is walked in an intimate relationship with Father God. And he humbled himself going to the cross. It says it hum- he humbled himself by becoming obedient. So actually, if we're to walk in humility with God, that means we've got to walk in obedience to God. That means following his promptings. That means when he says to us, go and speak to that person over there, we, 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 have to, we, we obey. Being humble is saying, actually, God, I feel you've spoken this, so I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. If you feel God tell you to pray for someone, like I was saying about Ezra earlier, but actually, you, you go and offer prayer. You know, sometimes you might get things wrong, but by doing it well, the worst that's going to happen to someone is they feel loved. They know the love of God. And we go to heaven and God will say, well done, good and faithful servant for following me and have given yourself to obeying me. But if we don't step out, there might be opportunities that get missed. There was, um, so a week ago Friday, I was picking Ezra up from school uh, and I was in the playground waiting and where we wait to pick up the kids, there's lots of parents close together and one of the other parents there I've got to know over the last year or so had a bad back. And there's like just a little prompting in me. I was just like, oh, I could pray for her back. But there was also suddenly, it's amazing suddenly how much, so much fear can suddenly come. And I was like, oh, but I'm surrounded by all these people and they'll all be listening and how weird would that look? I've never seen anyone else pray in a school playground before. And all these different thoughts came in. But actually, I continued speaking to her and then brought the conversation around so I could offer to pray for her. And this is actually someone who said to me the week before, you'll never catch me in church. Then said, oh, actually, that'd be really great. Like, my mum's into all kinds of spiritual stuff. Um, So actually, yeah, I'll be open to you praying for me. So I just prayed with her there and then in the playground and then caught up with her um, this last week. And she said, your prayers must have done something good as my back has been much better. Well, well done, Caleb, that's it. Yeah. Celebrate. You know what? Yeah, 
We're longing to see God move, okay? And that's not just here in these walls. The other things I've shared have been among us as, as Christians meeting on a Sunday morning. That is outside of church, okay? But if I didn't respond, if I didn't, if I didn't follow that prompting and offer to prayer, pray, nothing would have happened. Nothing would have changed. Obedience is a funny thing, isn't it? Because we, we, can, we can pull away from obedience. But if we just go back to that analogy of walking with children again. So Ezra and Molly, I love them, okay? They're my children. I take care of them and I want what's best for them. Okay, so as their dad, I take responsibility for instructing them, for teaching them on how to walk in life. Or things that might hurt them, or things that might be bad for them, but also of things that are good for them, and things that will be a benefit for them. As a father, if I didn't want to help them in obedience, you'd call me irresponsible, wouldn't you? You'd actually say, if I'm not expecting obedience from my children, if I'm being a good father in the way I'm fathering, if I'm not expecting obedience from them, that's irresponsible, isn't it? That's not a good thing. Well, God is our good, good father. And coming back to that first passage from Micah 6, verse 8, it says that he speaks to us for our good and wants us to respond to that for our good. And so I just want to bring back that question that I asked earlier. Is there something specifically that God's been speaking to you about at the moment? An area where, where it requires a response, where God's requiring something of you. And I would say, if there is, to start thinking through what is that next step? What, what does obedience look like there? And God is good. He's a good, good father. And he's not speaking to you because he doesn't want, because out of meanness or out of harshness or anything like that, he's speaking from a place of love. And if, like me, there's an opportunity where you felt God speaking to you to pray for someone or to bring a, a word of knowledge for someone or to do an act of service or kindness to someone. And at the time you're like, I'm not sure if that's God and didn't do it. Because I've done that as well. I've not done things at times. Just ask God, God, give me another opportunity. I trust you, I love you, and I want to follow you. I'm just gonna, just gonna pray for us. Uh, and then we'll get Neil and Steph up. God, I thank you that you want to walk with us, not just as individuals, but us as a community as well. God, I thank you that, that you want us to walk humbly with you, Lord, and that's, that's a good thing. Lord, I thank you for the joy and the privilege of walking with you. But just as Scripture says Jesus grew in obedience, Lord, I pray help us to grow in obedience. Help us to grow in walking in humility with you. Help us to hear your voice, to know your promptings, and help us to respond. Lord, help us to respond to all you're saying and doing to us. Give us grace to do that, we pray. Thank you that you are with us and you love us. Amen.